0: Presenting to you the interactive space for critical and objective open thinking. With Martian UFO, produced by Martian UFO Media, the best podcast on air with your hearty hosts. Catch episodes weekly on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. hello 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 everybody welcome to uh floating in space with martian ufo i'm martian ufo of course and you know what i'm doing and we've got a very hot topic for you today because we talk about these controversial topics and today we're talking about the premier of alberta mr jason kenny and, um, his bills, his effects on the, uh, the economy, the province as a whole, things that he's been doing, and how people are very heated about this. And just the different things that I've been seeing about it. We're gonna talk about, you know, the different bills, C27, uh, uh Bill 32, Bill 22, that was stated last year. And yeah, man, we're gonna see this information. Because this, um, in the beginning of, of looking into this information when I was trying to collect things, I thought that uh, a lot of it was just going to be um, speaking about pensions, how um, he was cutting pensions or something like that, because I didn't really know what was going on. And now I, I find that it's a it's a much more serious problem, let's say, because this affects basically everybody now. It affects um, your grandparents if they got retirement plans. It affects uh, people in the future. Our demographic now um gen z and uh, the millennials if you guys want to retire in the future and things like this and you know going into it i'm going to speak about certain uh key elements and getting back to some of my key themes um change of course and preparation um preparing yourself for prosperity uh, prosperity sorry and for very quick um rapid change so <laughs> the very first time that I even heard about this or that I saw anything that had to do with um, uh, this this issue this problem was um I was on a I don't even know how I found this I was on Google I was on a website I found some website that was uh, I think it's Kenny's cuts.org or something like that um and yeah he's not giving haircuts by the way anyways um this site looks like the brainchild of someone who was very angry you know (laughs) obviously a person who he um, compiled a little bit of information together and he's trying to get people riled up and he wants people to i don't know if he's got like a petition on there if he's got a different bunch of uh, links where you can try and reach out to some of these members of parliament and to jason kenny himself and everything some of you might have seen those website but uh let me read some of the stuff here like that you know somebody that you know put a lot of emotion and when he was on piping this up it says you know every day in every corner of the province new stories are coming to light about the economy destroying impacts of Kenny's cuts cutting that fat right off the top. eh? Uh, when he was elected Kenny made a lot of promises to hard-working Albertans promises to kickstart the economy and restore prosperity to Alberta which he did not Um, but instead of helping Albertans he's cut funding to education healthcare he's cut investments in critical infrastructure at a time when we desperately need a strong foundation for our economy. I think we're seeing the effects of that because what did I say before? I think in one of my previous recordings, it was uh, a lot of doctors and, and people now in, in um, professional professions, certainly they're looking at BC, they're running away, they're getting the hell out of uh, Medicine Hat, out of Alberta and, and as a whole and trying to go someplace that they think is more prosperous, where there's more money. And certainly, well, they'll uh, get a more fair shake, I guess, in terms of their profession. I think um, definitely speaking about some of the things that Kenny's trying to do in terms of the pensions and um, removing them from the CPP, I think I have information here that kind of describes it a bit more. That is going to be huge. That affects everybody. That's the kind of dangerous stuff that I'm talking about. You know, it says uh, he stepped the playing field against workers and in favor of wealthy CEOs. He may have, instead of boosting the economy, he's given away $4.7 billion to profitable uh, corporations who have no intention of using the money to create jobs. Maybe not. He slashed the education. So, I mean, this guy's already said that. And healthcare again, which will throw uh, thousands of nurses nurses and teachers out of work. Um, That is the opposite of creating jobs. So this guy, very emotional guy, and I'm gonna go forward here. Because in terms of actual like facts and whatnot, he doesn't have too many. Um, he does mention Bill uh, twenty-two. Um, let's see. At the bottom, he's exactly, like, you know, now is the time to join the resistance with a bunch of exclamation points. So you know that he's yeah, he's he's fueled. <laughs> um, they've likened Jason Kenney to President Trump so obviously a lot of people do not really favor him right now so what do we see so for example so he has an example all workers pay 5.1 percent of their wages into the cpp the canada pension plan these contributions are matched by their employers Uh, most public sector workers pay an additional 10 percent of their salaries into the workplace pension plans it is these huge pools of personal savings that um premier jason kenny and his ucp government have targeted with bill 22 and i think yeah what, what the guy really means he said here in the case of the cpp the ucp wants to redirect the billions of dollars that albertans contribute to the plan every year into a new alberta only plan and i think not alberta only um they want it to be run by aimco i forgot the, what the abbreviation is but they're like an alberta um Fund I guess that watches money and there's an issue with them because some sometime last year I got the information for that as well. They uh, apparently lost about um, They were out. They really lost about five billion dollars and they somehow got some of the money back and then lost in total about two billion dollars of money that was invested into them because at the same time they take money and invest money into different markets different corporations and they're reinvesting money so imagine having your pension, everybody's pension instead that lives in Alberta, not being regulated by the CPP, but by this um, INCO or whatever, and then um, you never know when they're taking your money to reinvest in other things or when they, you know, if they might lose your whole pension, which, you know, I'm going to speak on, uh, I guess, my my personal, um, I guess, reaction to it, what I kind of see happening in the future for me, and I think honestly, you know, I don't really have, like, a, despite being in school now, despite taking the program that I'm taking and, you know, having a, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Obviously, you know, like a plan to, to finish and to move on beyond and to do some things. Um, There's still, you know, I don't have a reliance that I'm going to be able to touch my pension one day. You know, I don't have a retirement plan that is based off of Um, The job that I'm gonna receive from school, you know more when I think about those things I have things in place already and things that I hope that will work in the future that are more dependent on me and my awareness and worth of myself that really um, I Have more confidence in working out because really at the end of the day. What is what is the goal, right? What's the 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 key factor. What's the juice? It's the money. So If you have the money when you're Whatever age you want to be at when you retire It doesn't really matter um, necessarily how you got there. Anyways, you know, I don't have a retirement plan. And at the same time, I don't have a plan for some of the things that I see for myself personally as as liabilities when I like to look at things as like assets, liabilities. You know, I don't have a plan for children. I don't have a plan to buy a huge house or, or to buy any house at all, except for the intention of flipping them. You know, and, um yeah, besides, like I mean the life that I see for myself is is not gonna be enamored with a bunch of debt, basically, and that's pretty much all I'm gonna touch on that topic, and then keep going forward in this information here. says um experts agree that it would cost millions to withdraw from cpp and set up and run a separate alberta plan they also agree that an alberta only plan would be less portable and more vulnerable to economic downturns i think that's true and i think um jason kenney the reason that he believes so strongly in it (coughs) because even he i think has come out and um admitted that there could be issues with this that it would be expensive of course obviously and that um, there's a a risk of of money being lost you know here it says in the case of the Alberta teachers retirement fund ATRF the UCP uh, wants to essentially uh, expropriate the money that teachers have been managing for themselves and put into the hands of aimco the money manager owned by the provincial government Um, So the teachers have made it clear that this is not their preference and in the case of Alberta's biggest public sector pension plans, the local authorities' pensions plan on the public services pension plan, the UCP wants to assert government control over all of those pension boards and remove the option um, that the plans currently have of switching fund managers in the event they lose confidence in AIMCO. So um, in the event that they choose AIMCO that they, I think with the teachers because I know some teachers, I know some people who are my age who are teachers and some young people, things like this um not that i want to say i mean you should be worried and and whatever but uh you should kind of be a little bit i mean you should be thinking about this because in the case of the teachers they've already been told that this has to happen i think either before the end of the year this year before the end of 2020 um fuck so I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by a phone call in which I forgot to put the do not disturb on. That's a reminder that, you know, some people have to get me anyways. Um, I was saying that teachers, yes, should be worried about the fact that if you, um, the fact that this has to happen before the end of the year, before the end of 2021, that their pension plan managers, whatever, has to be switched over to AIMCO. And I think that'll be final. And once set, you don't have the options of, you know, taking those funds and switching them to uh, a different provider in the sense in the event that they lose uh, confidence in it. that's what it says. So they're trying to switch pretty much all of the pensions. So everybody that works in the public sector that works in any kind of, you know, professional type job, the doctors are trying to do the same thing to them. Let's see. So the thing that all these changes have in common is power The ECP wants to control the billions of billions of dollars that millions of individual Albertans have been saving diligently for their own retirement Um, You know, I think uh, It's true in what this guy is saying because it's been the CPP forever Imagine and I think I read something else. That's kind of scary about the fact that with the CPP everybody pays a certain amount of uh into it and the fact that your employer matches it this is true for every single province that you go to in canada this is true for everywhere if um they change certain things with the cpp or if it was an alberta only plan i think they'd be able to change the amount that they contribute into it and the amount that your employer i guess gets to match or whatever so you wouldn't see the same returns necessarily or you might suddenly lose a little bit of a percentage which. Uh, you know, if it's equated in dollars, actually equates to a lot more of a. Uh, um, one second. Equates to a lot more of a loss, I think, uh, numbers wise. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's scary. I think dangerous ground, definitely like playing with people's pensions and and the teachers if i was a teacher i obviously wouldn't be happy about this i wouldn't be happy about the fact that this has already been put in place and and it's set and i'm gonna find the information to support that as well you know and now we're gonna see the different articles that i have in front of me so i'm bouncing in front of different information and whatnot here um and yeah it's unfortunate man because it's you know you want to have it all run in, in one recording and then to have the interruptions and to have all that, it's uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, naturally, some questions arise whenever anyone floats the possibility of transferring billions of public dollars from one fund manager to another, because those dollars can be lost during the transferring. They can be lost before they can be lost after. That's a lot of money. Everybody's money, public dollars, retirement money. Money that ever since you've been working, since you had a job at like fucking 14, 15, 16, whatever it was, you know, if it was a registered job with the government or, you know, any, any job that you pay taxes into, if you made enough, um, this money will be affected and you will be affected for sure by losing this money. Anyways, uh, so Jason Kenny was, um, in Red Deer speaking at a conference, um, call, he laid out measures that would be explored as part of what's being called the Fair Deal Panel. And uh, I'm not sure when he did this. Don't have the date in front of me, but he announced initiatives that would include creating a provincial police force, establishing a formal provincial constitution, and opting out of federal cost-sharing programs. Which it's almost like, I think somebody also said that it's like, uh, he wants to um, in a sense kind of do what uh, Quebec did. And um, Basically, try to break away from from the the whole country. I think which would be very disastrous for us um, in the end, and which would not look good because it's already. I mean, you see the state of our province now. You see the state of what's going on. People are leaving, running to other provinces to get jobs. You know, running with their families, selling their houses. It's uh, it's it's not a good time in this province right now. Anyways, so the panel will also state the possibility of withdrawing from the Canada Pension Plan in favor of an Alberta based alternative. So this will be um, pretty uniform for everybody across Alberta, like all the jobs in, in, in every single sector. Um, that scores with previous comments Kenny has made on pensions, including during a Facebook live stream a little more than a week ago. In that stream, he said he believed a compelling case could be made to withdraw from the CPP. And I think in his mind, um, he probably thinks that Albertans will support him because, you know, it it will sound sweet. And and people's minds, you know, imagine, yeah, breaking away from the from the East, from the government that's been fucking us all this time. And, you know, being for Alberta only and blah, blah, and whatever. But uh, there are issues with that, of course. You know, Um, let's see. So why uh, were an Alberta pension plan to be implemented? How would a fund transfer take place? Who would manage and invest those funds, and why now? The short answer is it's unclear for how would it work. These are the questions that, you know, they're posing to kind of get people thinking. And, uh, you know, questions that I'm posing now to ask people who work, obviously, people in the construction sector, people in the oil and gas, people who are even in the service sector, people who, you know, government jobs, um, who are all paying into your pension. If this happens, It'll be interesting to see how you react to it. You know, if you're gonna have people riding out in the streets for pensions, you know, imagine. Anyways. Um, Alberta pensioners have been paying into CPP since it was established in 1965 by Prime Minister Lester B. Pearson. The CPP fund has over $400.6 billion in assets as of June 30th, uh, money that has been partly contributed by Albertans. So, um, it says that for Alberta to withdraw from the CPP would be a phenomenally uh, phenomenally complex undertaking because you'd have to figure out what share of the fund is transferred to the Alberta fund and what share of it isn't. So, they don't really know how much Alberta is actually paying into that fund and then how much of of the rest of Canada's uh, money that is. Um, How would people's CPP contributions and benefits that they've already earned How would that translate into an Alberta system? That's what I'm saying. Would your assets actually be worth more? Would they be worth less? Would you lose a whole bunch in your retirement fund? And then suddenly now you look at, you know, you have to work for the next considerable amounts of years, even past when you thought you were going to retire to even have, you know, to recoup that money. And it wasn't your fault, you know, but there's nothing that you can do about it because the government implemented this plan. So imagine um, it's possible that the Alberta government could set up a parallel pension system to the CPP and gradually phase one uh, out of one and into another. Uh But it would be phenomenally, uh, phenomenally complex again to set it up, and I'm not sure what it would achieve. This is comments by Economist... Where's your name at? Trevor Toom. There's no precedent for what has been proposed by Kenny. I don't think this has ever been proposed. Well, it might, it might have been proposed in the past, but... This hasn't been sought out as serious uh, as before or whatever You know in a scenario where the alberta government was able to transfer the billions and dollars in alberta pensions to a local authority Those funds w- would in all likelihood be managed by the alberta investment management corp or aimco um, Amco was a crown corporation meaning it is owned by the provincial government meaning that they decide what happens by the, uh, with the money they decide where it goes um, And you don't really get much of a say anymore As with how you do with uh, CPP um, Let's see He's talking about So this is a different article I'm looking at now Speaking about um, different changes That um, uh, Jason Kenny is looking at um, So here it is It says Bill 22 Which came out in 2019 Forced the Alberta Teachers Retirement Fund to hand over its 18 billion pension fund to Alberta Investment Man- Management Corp. (AIMCO), a crown corporation that just lost 1.9 billion of its uh, the Alberta Heritage Trust funds assets. So they lost this money, about two billion dollars, which I said earlier, of the Alberta Heritage Trust funds assets, and they really lost uh, closer to $5, million, uh, 5 billion, sorry, and were able to get some of that money back somehow, and that was through investing. They invested some of this money, and then. The investments sank through they didn't go through which means that with your pension money they can invest in anything that they want the provincial government can invest your money and they don't really have to tell you at any time that they're doing this why they're doing it and if they lose the money god forbid um, that they have like a backup plan to get this money back or you might be working until your back breaks like I don't know <laughs> anyways um, t- you know, and this is things that he's trying to do to fix the oil patch. You know, everything is, is about the oil patch, the oil patch, trying to get the oil patch back. But I think these are very uh, uh, radical strategies, decisions that are being made about people's money that's already there, you know, being money that people have already worked for. Um, and if lost, can't really be recouped that easy because people have done the work. That's sweat equity. And the people that are listening know that. You know, you've done the work for that shit. Like, Mm. So this bill also prevents the numerous public pensions under income control from ever taking their investment business elsewhere regardless of poor investment results meaning that if they fuck up your money um you can't say hey well you know we want a different fund manager for our pensions we want it to go back to the CDP it's not happening if they if they vote this in um yeah we're going to be we're going to be in trouble a little bit So it says Kenny has also proposed pulling out of the CPP after a vote under his new referendum on anything bill. I, I would suggest people look that up, see what that's about. You know, I could then be in charge of over 260 billion entrusted for the financial futures of millions of Albertans. That's a that's a lot of money. That is gonna secure your future, whether you're hoping to retire at the age of 67, I believe it is now or you have some plan, you know, you got some investments, some ideas, some business things that are going to help you retire at like, say, 45, 50, 35, 38, who knows, you know, maybe, if lucky. And then AIMCO, in contrast, is legally bound to act on directors and cabinet. Its board members are appointed by the government. The sole shareholder is the Alberta finance minister. One person. (laughs) Um... So this is, this is interesting. Um, the previous NDP government opened this Pandora's box by, uh, issuing the Alberta Growth Mandate in 2015, which required AIMCO to invest 3% of the Alberta Heritage Trust Fund in Alberta-based businesses. Two-thirds of this $400 million was invested in 14 local oil and gas companies. Their share prices have fallen even before the COVID-19 pandemic. And I saw this because on my, um, one of my investment apps that I use or whatever, some of the companies that I have on my watch list are uh, are oil and gas companies. Um and then some of them that I even tried, you know, I even thought about, well, let me buy some stocks, let me try. Cause they were they were pissed poor. Cheap stocks, broke. And these companies are doing terrible. Even now I had to sell all of them. So that tells you that um oil and gas is really you know, some people say it's dying, some people say that it's dead, it's on life support. There's no chance we have to, you know, figure out something else. That's why the government's really trying to step heavy into marijuana, maybe. But um, I think, uh, um, yeah, depending on oil and gas right now, to save oil and gas is is irresponsible, I would say. And I know And saying that that there are still people that are working in oil and gas and people who might even know about the shares of the company that you're working for and how much these shares are worth and things like this. But I can bet, and if you do know this information, I'd be sure that you you know for a fact that these shares are not worth what they were um, even a year ago, even two years ago, three years ago. Definitely not and that if anybody buys any of these shares from any of these companies that you would more likely lose money than make any money and in any given month in a three-month period a 12-month period you'd probably lose more money than you earned for sure um <clears throat> Has clearly signaled his willingness to increase public financing for private oil and gas companies on a vastly larger scale which I think what the guy um, from the Kenny's cuts website is talking about in terms of the fact that uh, this guy he's handing out money to um, wealthy investment managers wealthy companies who really have no um, intent of creating jobs for the economy for the Alberta economy for the Albertan people certainly and it's like, so I think this is, you know, the points where they try and liken him to Trump to say that, you know, he's in cahoots with these business managers, you know, he's, he's basically making backdoor deals with these people to save them, save their companies, and then other people are basically having their companies go, shut down, starving. There's another topic that I'm going to talk about and a different episode about how GNC, basically most of the stores, even the one in our city here, is being shut down. I don't know, when they're closing, I think maybe... I think today might be the last day or something. Pretty soon they're going to be out. And so this um, was surprising to me because um, this used to be one of my, you know, I I went to this supplement store. I bought a lot of stuff there. I was a regular. And now they're bankrupt. The parent company is bankrupt. And I think if anything at all about listening to this podcast interests you or anything about this episode, you know, people should go. And, and study and go look into these companies, different companies, Canadian companies that are going bankrupt that, you know, you're not going to see them up here anymore. Certainly, um, um, like the, the, what are they? Franchises, franchises for sure. I, had a, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about Pizza Hut and Wendy's about how their parent company just went bankrupt, just filed for bankruptcy. And I think, I don't know about, if the Pizza Hut in our town, there's two of them, the one that's up here around uh, Southridge or whatever, if it'll go out of business because um, it's a franchise, so the guy that owns it really has to decide on his own merit, I guess, what to do. And then the Wendy's, you know, I would hate to see that go, but it, that's really, this is this is the time. This is what's happening now. This isn't something that, you know, we're talking about, oh, like this this is real stuff that's happening currently. Businesses are losing money as just as much as individual people are losing money um so let's see uh last april kenny committed 7.5 billion dollars in provincial funds to complete the keystone xl pipeline because tc energy could not access private equity for the contentious project a move he boasted was a solid bet and i didn't really follow that anybody that did follow that i think you might remember him making these comments um and how um Confident I guess he wasn't doing this taking almost eight billion dollars to try and compete this pipeline I think a lot of people were actually um, Really excited about this, you know, it's going to create so many jobs and and all this kind of stuff and then uh, It says here that international finance experts disagreed calling the investments an idiotic waste unfortunately because um, uh, the solid bet uh, went bust The uh, the U.S. Supreme Court just upheld a lower court ruling halting TC's energies construction of the project until stream-crossing permits are issued by local authorities, if that ever happens. Which right now, in our current times, these things waiting for for permits from from local authorities from somewhere down in the States to be able to complete a pipeline in Canada, um, that could take forever. I don't think that's happening anymore. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden holds a solid lead in the race and has vowed to kill the pipeline as if, if he is elected. So, see, I mean, certain things that affect us that are, and you know, miles away from here that we can't even do anything about. People were were praying for this pipeline, you know, crying over this pipeline and like, oh, man, can't wait till this, you know, till it goes through and everything. And look, you know, people in the states have more control about things that happen here than um, than we do and are, are affected by things that happen down there right like and i think and to break away a little bit talking about that election um it's probably going to be either trump is going to find some way to pull you know a rabbit out of the hat in the end or joe biden is going to sweep and he will kill the pipeline and he'll do a lot of other things that may affect canada may affect alberta directly and who knows you know Enco has also bet big on contentious pipelines Last December, the fund bought a 65% stake in the TC Energy Coastal Gassing Pipeline. Um, and we all know what happened with that. If you don't know, you should look that up too. Uh, just before our nationwide rail blockade in support of, I'm gonna try not to mess this up, the Wet'suwet'en territory Chiefs opposed to its construction. And they literally set up shop right on the um, the railroad tracks. And uh, you, you understand that, you know, yet police showing up and things like this these people are not going anywhere the police are not going to touch them and they didn't and so they did not uh, go ahead with that uh, let's see because the pipeline is being built to deliver frat gas to an lng plant in kitimat bc the large questions remain about lng demand and indigenous consent which i think they will give none <laughs> i think they have no fucking uh intent on letting that pipeline be built on letting these people come through their land certainly and um you know i'm not going to give any uh opinion on it i think these people are certainly right in defending their land their territory things like this um i agree that the pipeline probably would have helped in some way it might have helped create jobs it might have helped the economy and it's uh it's a big debate among people you know do you really want to rip up people's land just so we can boost the economy and things like this um i wouldn't do it personally but uh that's that's what happened there unfortunately this is the fund managing company that bet big on it and it, and it didn't happen so it says tc energy stock has dropped 16 percent since alberta pensioners became majority owners and what could be a money losing climate killer and uh yeah you know people that he's the 16 percent i mean uh, Alberta pensioners, whoever's invested in this money, um, there's no point in that. I mean, they know that there's no sense in even taking your money out now when you're at a loss. You can't sell because you're going to lose everything. You'll be at zero. You have no gains, nothing. You know, new enthusiasts might recall, Imco lost 2.1 billion in pension investments on risky market bets that went went the wrong way last year. Its record on investment returns is far inferior to the managers of the Alberta teacher's retirement fund recently put out of a job by kenny's bill 22 so you had a fund managing company that had far better returns was you know much uh more responsible and i think i guess uh yeah i guess responsible or whatever and managing the the teacher's money their pension fund and now they're being put out of business by AMCO. Who is not so confident in, in handling its money? Who does not have the same um, returns? Their numbers don't look the same in terms of uh, gains to losses. They they lose more than they gain, for sure. And they bet big. They bet risky with your money, with my money, with our money. And if you know this all goes through, it'll happen. I think there's a thing where it says that there's like a certain amount of time where in the cabinet. They can oppose this bill. They can try not to let it uh, become stamped and become official. But if it com- becomes official, then this is what's going to happen to all of us. You know, we're going to be worrying all the time about, oh, man, like what's going to happen to our pension is going to be there today, tomorrow. Is it going to be there next year? Are they going to bet on, you know, some big new pipeline dream, some big um, startup oil investment company? And, you know, they suddenly they take billions of dollars and put it in there and lose, you know. Mm. So here mentions Quebec, it said that uh, Quebec already has what Kenny apparently hopes to achieve, a standalone provincial pension fund, and unsurprisingly there are some red flags snapping in a stiff breeze, <laughs> I like that. Uh, the case de depot, a placement due Quebec is roughly equivalent to AMCO and owns about 20% of local favorites, SLN Lavalin. Um, In 2019, the pension fund, CSO pledged to be a rock for the notoriously corrupt Quebec company, even after the federal government laid criminal corruption charges. So that's what they're dealing with over there. Their fund-managing company um, has some charges on it, criminal corruption. Six months later, the fund reported it had lost $700 million after SNC's share price plunged on poor performance. Since 2018, SNC has lost 64% of its market value, yet the Quebec Pension Fund stubbornly remains the largest shareholder. And um, why? why? Why would that be? You know, now you put these people in power, they're power hungry with people's money, and of course they don't want to leave the seat. Why? Why, why, would, why would they? what happens and so it asks does Alberta really want to emulate the path taken by uh Belle province um you know i don't think so i think people that listen to this and that really take the time to listen to this issue to these questions if you were asked even personally you would say no but that's what's happening because most of us do not hold a seat in government you know we have no say besides um really writing a letter to our mp here forget his name again And um, really, he, I think, if I pay any attention to him, I'm pretty sure that he's a Kenny supporter. Or maybe not now, but he used to be, right? Certainly conservative and supportive uh, of conservative views and things like this. I think sometimes different MPs, right? You almost have a gag on your mouth. You almost have to agree with certain things, even if you don't agree with them. Because the people that are in charge, they're deciding, right? And like I said, there's only a certain amount of time in which the opposition if they really want to can um can put in motions to stop it to try and have it reviewed more um to see whether this is really going to be beneficial which you know looking at the information looking at the track record looking at the the similarities to quebec's um fund management uh, of retirement funds i don't think that we're headed in a good direction (laughs) um so Let's see, Giving a little bit more um, information on Bill 22 itself for anybody who's interested, I guess. Bill 22, or the Red Tape Reduction Implementation Act, was introduced in Alberta's Legislative Assembly yesterday, so I don't have dates for these, but you can go look up this information after being tabled by the current UCP government. It proposes 14 revisions of government regulations through six provincial ministries in an effort to reduce program challenges. Meaning they're trying to recoup and save some money and they're trying to make some more money quick to make up for money that they lost. So, among the changes, uh, Bill 22 would rule that oil sands projects approved by the province's energy regulator would no longer need authorization from the cabinet. This ruling would help streamline the projects or for uh, the process for energy development projects by 10 months, according to officials. Meaning if they decide to build pipelines, if they decide to do things um, for energy development projects, um, it'll happen a lot faster. Um, Energy efficiency Alberta would also cease to exist under this act, a program that was introduced by the previous NDP government. I'm not sure what they did, but... Um, let's see Bill 22 removes the requirement for cabinet to approve royalty rates, leaving the responsibility solely with the Ministry of Energy, you know Notley um, who was in power previous to Kenny called the change jaw-dropping while discussing the proposed change with the reporters on Monday. She says this is how Albertans get value for the resources that we all own, she said, and we cannot have them slip backwards into a situation where we can have backroom deals and backroom conversations with the minister who can, with the flick of a pen, make allowances for different folks. This is what's going to happen. And I think that it might happen. People are going to be asking, oh, why, why, why is this happening? How is this happening well she just mentioned uh backroom deals and backroom conversations with i think are going to be a lot more easy now to be had um with a guy who loves energy companies and is willing to bet big all the time on energy companies with his own money other people's money doesn't matter um Notley raised the issue with premier jason kenny in monday's question period Kenny and his response didn't address Nolly's question, instead, talking about how her government hired an Ontario company, to, Ontario company to run its energy efficiency plan. So, everything that he says, <clears throat> just about, he says it, and he, he tries to make it sound sweet to Alberta. He tries to say, oh, well, you know, you hired this Ontario company to come and try and manage, you know, funds for Alberta. Like, <clears throat> And now he thinks that because he's doing everything Alberta-only, that this is why people support him. But at the same time, if he's, he's losing Albertans' money, what what is he really doing, right? Like Bill 22 also removes the requirement for oil sands projects approved by the Alberta Alberta Energy Regulator to get a nod from the provincial cabinet. Meaning, um, oil sands projects can um, start on their own. They don't need uh, a nod from the provincial cabinet. They don't need approval. You know, Anywhere that they decide, you know, we're gonna build a pipeline right here. It's gonna happen And then we have different bills a whole bunch of bills that I looked up just uh, just for Reference kind of to try and give uh, a little bit more uh, Closing information I suppose because I have something here that talks about uh bill 32 bill 32 and this is happening this year so uh, bill 32 the restoring balance in alberta workplaces act will make significant changes to the province's employment laws which we've already had some significant changes i think um some that i discussed with people i think most people know now that you know over time isn't really the same anymore and the way that It doesn't matter if you work more than eight hours on your shift anymore, if you don't hit more than 44 hours um, in the whole week of work. If you're still underneath that number, um, and you're at like 40 hours or whatever, or if you already hit like 30 something per week, they'll pay though all those hours at regular time. You'll never see, say you worked a 12 hour day and then a 10 hour day, you know, and then a normal eight hour day, but those numbers don't reach to 40, 44. Yeah, you're you're gonna get all regular pay. There's gonna be no overtime in the day for sure um alberta will become the first jurisdiction in the country to require people to opt in um if to if they want their union dues to go towards political parties or causes um this bill allows for changes to overtime pay and how people are paid if they are fired um obviously i think negative effects more than positive Earlier this month, Ministry of Labour and Immigration Jason Copping said that while the government supports workers' rights to strike, we must balance the rights with the right of job creators or remaining focused on economic recovery. Um, basically, if you read into the lines of what he's saying, it says that uh, <clears throat> basically, um, what's he saying again? Uh, while the government supports workers' right to strike, he says they must balance the rights with the right of job creators while remaining focused on economic recovery meaning that they're going to be looking at you they're going to be watching you they're going to be really um paying attention to the number of times the reasons that people strike how many times you strike why you strike and uh if i read further it says that um it won't be the first piece of legislation passes sitting to head to court bill one which was passed in may makes it illegal for protesters to block critical infrastructure and is already the subject of a lawsuit from the alberta union of provincial employees meaning that um they're already attacking your your right to free speech basically they're attacking your right to protest or right to feel a certain way to say something about a job if you really feel that you know something's happening, or there are shitty job conditions, or they don't pay overtime when they should, or you know, some something is up, and you feel like you, you need to strike. Or you, there's a certain number of you that feels like you want to strike. Now you're gonna have to consider really your job before um, you before you do that. Before you know you have the protection of a union. Now different legislation might take out the protection that you have from your union and might um, make you think more about the, uh, what is it, the economic recovery, remaining focused. You're going to be looking at the needs of your employer and really wanting to serve your employer more than truly speaking out for things that you believe in that affect your work, that affect your employment, the, you know, your, your ability to work, your labor, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's, um, I think it's interesting, man. I mean, they're attacking, um, so NDP, again, leader, uh, Rachel Notley, accused the government of attacking free speech. Um. said they attacked the rights of working people, they shut down the beat in the house, they eliminated, eliminated transparency about the books, they took control of referendums, and they brought big money back into politics, he said. So, Um. they said that they're expecting a harvest of protests from people concerned about decisions the government has been making. And I think for people that don't care, people that listen to this shit and they say, oh, well, no, fuck, I don't, I don't give a fuck. fucking. people that don't really You know, maybe people who aren't working right now, people who are taking the government money and and happy with it and whatever, this will start to become an issue. This will be a problem when, you know, any amount of money that you put into the pension fund is attacked or say you do get into a job or you, you know, start working a job that you feel a certain way about that job or your job is protected by a union. Now, you really have to be careful If you feel a certain way, you know, when they say that you show up to the job, keep your bullshit at the door, keep it at home, all this kind of stuff. Now, you really don't walk in with any political um, ideologies about anything. You don't walk in with any um, um, certain uh, emotions or ideas about certain things that you might want to express at work or express with a group of people because it might cost you your job. (laughs) You know, what is this? says, Bill 30, the Health Statutes Amendment Act will change nine pieces of legislation and make it easier for doctors to opt into alternative contracts with the government. Health Minister Tyler Chanjo has said it will modernize health delivery in the province by streamlining the approvals process by opening chartered surgical facilities as well as reducing surgical waiting times. Um, the NDP has said the bill represents a step toward an American-style privatization of the health care system. Um, and I think that's kind of what it is. That's why they liken him to Kenny. That's why they say, "Oh, sorry." That's why they liken him to President Trump. You know, they relate the two to each other. They say that Jason Kenny is basically taking um uh, plays out of uh, Trump's playbook, basically, um, and doing things like this. I think you know, because I don't visit the hospital a lot at all, if ever, and I think it's gonna really affect people who go there. And, you know, this guy's saying that it's going to modernize uh, modernize health delivery. It's going to streamline services. But really, it's going to be that if they're able to set up chartered facilities, that means that you need to have a certain amount of money. You got to have a certain type of, of insurance, health insurance you know, to go there. You can't just walk in with your Alberta health insurance anymore. You know, you got to pay before you get services. You have to pay before you leave the facility. These are going to be different types. It's not going to be going to like, you know, emergency at the Medicine Hat Hospital. So you're going to see, and especially since doctors are already deciding to leave the province, some of them, if they're offered an option where they can make, uh, what does it say? Make alternative contracts. So make, you know, deals in which they set terms of their own. They set the price um and then in i guess uh relation all they have to do is just uh offer services to a certain type of client only or only to certain people that that can benefit and afford from what they're doing it's going to really single out a lot of people that can't afford that kind of service that can't afford how much it's going to cost if the price is raised right because that doctor says that you know what because uh, because the government's offering me a good deal you know I want to charge this and this for my for my services and I'm only going to offer these services and suddenly the, the doctor before who had you know free range to help out all people and have a wide range of services and his cost wasn't too high now he's money hungry you know and and turned that way by the system possibly this could presumably happen with a lot of doctors you know I'm sure Um, The idea of alternative contracts with the government is going to sound lucrative to a lot of them. Maybe a lot of them will decide to stay in Alberta. They'll be like, okay, well, if the government's going to make me a deal, I'm not going anywhere. And then it's going to be the kind of deal that I want, you see? And they'll basically be in the government's pocket, for sure. And then, Kenny defended his government's decision to limit the debate on Bills 30 and 32, pointing out that the opposition already had 28 hours of debate related to Bill 32. So. He says i completely recognize the opposition has not just the rights but the responsibility on bills that they strongly oppose to seek to delay them or filibuster them at the same time as the government's responsibility to implement its platform commitments he said so he is going through um full blast um and it says that the assembly is now adjourned until august 27th when the mlas will reconvene for one day to table and discuss uh, Finance Minister Travis Toe's First quarter financial update So I think really around the end of August People are going to be seeing And noticing uh, Different things happening They're going to be looking at and seeing if um, His changes are being implemented As final, you know as, as set in stone by that time And I think it's going to be interesting um, Certainly scary Because Uh right getting older getting into your career job what you may think of as your career job now and you think you're set for the rest of your life all you have to do is work pay into this pension plan and then once you retire you're, you're set up but it might not be that way anymore you know just things that i'm trying to bring to the attention of people you know to to think about your plan b c d e f g you know separate exit plans all this kind of stuff Things that you can do for yourself, investments, to not be heavily invested in one area and to have um, separate directions in which you can go to, to supplement your income in the future and to support yourself, you know, for sure. Um, so I'm gonna read something else. I think this um, is key right here. It says, in addition, you have likely heard the bluster about removing Alberta from the Canada Pension Plan. Again, the same thing that I'm repeating. It says, uh, Uh, Canadians also have the mobility with the CPP. This is important. Someone could live their first 30 years in Nova Scotia, move to Toronto for five years, then head out to Alberta for the next 30. At 65, they might then decide to retire in BC. With the CPP, they pay the same percentage of their wages into the plan no matter where they live, work or retire. And they are entitled to the same retirement benefit based on these contributions wherever they live. That is the part of the beautiful fairness of the CPP. So taking that out means that with a new Alberta-only system, they can now change um, the the percentage of the ways that you pay into the plan and that um, depending on where you live, you might get a less contribution from the government. Things might be different and it's not gonna be uniform across the whole country anymore. You know, I think that's definitely scary. I think that's um, something that people gotta pay attention to and, and just really um, see what's happening, you know. If you didn't care about politics and government and all this kind of stuff before now that we're getting older and certain things are starting to affect us as a demographic again you know gen z millennials it's going to become interesting how we react to these things how we respond and if we didn't know about them before how many people are going to be scrambling to kind of get into a situation where they can benefit themselves and not be screwed by these things you know um and yeah man i think that's a that's where I'm going to leave it. Talking about pensions, talking about Jason Kenney, mentioning some of the bills that he has implemented or is trying to implement, and just making people aware of the changes that are going to come. You know, some questions that it's asking, you know, how is it going to affect me? You know, this issue says it's important to every single Canadian. If you yourself are retired, if you have a family member who is retired or one day wish to retire, this issue has a direct impact on you and your retirement security. So I think we all need to be not worried yet you know not like scrambling and all this kind of stuff but just definitely paying attention being aware about what's happening with the government with how you know the the provincial government um specifically is trying to manage money and how they want to use your money and our money um to basically benefit them i'm not going to say benefit themselves but what they think of trying to fix the province and and maybe making rash decisions and in terms of that goal so Yeah, man, I think I'm gonna leave it there I think people probably get the point by now I've been talking for like over 40 minutes, so I hope that people enjoy it Thank you all again for listening And, you know, shout out to the people that really give it the time Of the day, or give any, you know, a couple minutes Here and there to listen to the stuff that I have to say I really appreciate it And, you know, as I check the um, The listener list, you know I see now that I have, you know, my, my presence is still heavy In Alberta I got some people listening in Saskatchewan I got people, like I said before, in Spain. I think I got people in New England now. I got people uh, before, uh, where was it? The Netherlands, something. like I got, I got a long list. I got some some people in, in Europe, all the European people. I love you. Shout out to you guys. And, um, you know, keep sharing, keep listening, keep posting. You know, this stuff is going to turn real big soon, and um, I'm going to have different topics to speak about, like I said. And the platform is going to get bigger. So thank you again for all the support. And I I, uh, bless you and I wish you a good day. Keep floating.